Hello and welcome to the E5 Fitness Podcast with me, Paul. Um, today we're going to be talking about myths. Um, so I hear so much garbage um, going on around the fitness industry and someone that I had a consultation with or a phone call with the other day mentioned that they thought the at one point they thought that running was the only way they'd ever lose body fat that was the only way you'd ever do it couldn't understand how you'd be able to lose body fat without doing cardio and you got me thinking about what were the myths that people um look at and believe really um where to me they're just myths and it's like fucking i can't believe people even think that and then people are like actually yeah oh yeah well you know that's that exists, doesn't it? So we can't do this, and I can't lose body fat because of this. Oh, I'm eating too little, when that might not be the case. So I'm going to start with the age-old starvation mode. So starvation mode is the theory, which is only a theory, um, that you eat so little that your body then starts storing body fat when you eat again. For example, if you went through a period of only ever eating um, 1,200 calories, for example, when you are when you obviously don't need 1,200 calories, what will happen is you will um, eventually start storing that body fat and not losing weight. So you'd see this plateau in your weight and you start, your body fat would start rising because you'd, your body's essentially trying to prevent you from dying. It's preventing you from death and it's, when you think about it, it's like, all right, oh yeah, I can see the body trying to do that. And I can see the body, why the body would even try. But we have too many, um, well, we have research studies suggest that it definitely doesn't happen. But we've also got some rather painful recent history that shows us that this can never happen as well. So if you look at the Holocaust, for example, and you see the pictures of all of the, all of the prisoners of war, who are deathly thin because they've not eaten. Um, they've they look skeletal. They're basically just burnt with some skin on top of. It's a horrendous thing in our recent history that I think everybody should be very aware of. But it's also a very good indicator that starvation mode doesn't exist because none of these people who were quite clearly malnourished and obviously haven't eaten for a long period of time, weren't just suddenly storing body fat. You can even look at the people in Africa where famine is a regular occurrence, especially through drought periods or flooded periods, etc. And you look at all the um, water raid adverts that go around on, on TV, etc. You look at the, the kids or the people in, in those kind of um areas where water isn't readily available and food isn't readily available and it's it doesn't seem like the most overly pleasant place to to be living you don't see them as overweight um kids waiting for the water fountain yes it sucks to think about yeah it's a pretty sucky world we live in but also indicates that starvation mode doesn't really happen why you don't lose weight after a certain point when you are in a massive deficit and you're on 1,200 calories is a couple of reasons. One, 
probably not on a, probably not on twelve hundred calories because you've probably stopped tracking as rigidly. You're probably sneaking in a little snack here or there. You might be just hoovering up the kids' plates. You might just be mistracking something. You won't be moving as much because as soon as your body starts to lose weight, every step it takes burns less calories. So if you take a step at 100 kilos and then suddenly you're 90 kilos, you're going to burn less because you're carrying more weight. Oh, sorry, you're carrying less weight per step. So you end up burning less calories per step. And then you're probably tired because you're on 1,200 calories. It sucks. So you're going to move less. Your body's very good at trying to conserve energy. It's not trying to store fat. It's trying to make you move less. Like you're in no danger. You're not getting chased by a saber-toothed tiger. You're just hungry. You're essentially starving yourself because that's all a diet and fat loss ever is. It's just controlled starvation. And your body just stops you moving. So you end up burning less calories. And if you're burning less calories just by moving because you're moving less, and even if you did move the same way, you'd burn less calories anyway. It means that your maintenance calories and the deficit calories are getting closer together. And if you factor in that you could easily be overeating on top of the calories without realizing it, really, like most people don't realize they're actually overeating. So forty-seven percent of people, like, um, sorry, it was a four people overeat by an average of forty-seven percent on what they actually think when they track. So. All those factors, it's quite easy to see that why you wouldn't be losing weight. Correct? Makes sense? Yeah. That's. I'm probably going to spend less time on each, each of the other ones because starvation mode really irks me because ugh, it's people. That's all it is. It's just people. Um, if you can't hear me as well, the microphone, it's a new microphone. So um, hopefully it's actually all right. Um. Second myth, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Um, I would say it is if um, you class the first meal that you eat during the day as breakfast, because that's what it is. It's, you're breaking the fast, and it doesn't matter what time that is. So people used to say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and the people that say that are Kellogg's because they want you to eat their cereal. Fun fact, conflicts were originally invented to stop young kids masturbating. So, yeah. Enjoy your crunchy nuts. Um, basically, if you you've got to define when breakfast is like, yeah, breakfast might be the most important meal of the day. Um, if you're a, an elite athlete and you need to fuel before a race or something, but if fat loss is your is your goal, it doesn't matter when you eat. Like it really doesn't. If you eat at eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, as long as that meal is conducive to your goal, high protein, high fiber. A little bit of carbs, a little bit of fat, you're going to be absolutely fine. Is it optimal for muscle gain? No. Is it brilliant for fat loss? It can be, if it suits your lifestyle. If you're someone who is, I don't know, um, a single parent, two kids, has an office job, so wakes up, gets the kids ready for school, drops them off, then goes to the nine to five, your breakfast is not your priority, so you're probably going to eat later on. It's not going to make a difference to anything. It's not going to make a difference to energy levels. It's not going to make a difference to your fat loss. It's probably going to make negligible difference to your muscle gain. And it's not that important. So, you know, it's not the most important of the day. 
Um, there are some benefits to skipping as well, like intermittent fasting. There's some metabolic health benefits. Um, if you went for a run, um, even though run fasted would be harder, you would become fitter because of it, because you'd be more fat adaptive. Um, and it also decreases decision fatigue. So if you're if you don't have to have breakfast, you don't have to make the decision of what to have for breakfast. And decision fatigue is actually quite a big factor. Um, third myth. So you need to have small frequent meals um, throughout the day instead of two to three larger meals. Um, if you've only got two opportunities to eat, that'd suck, wouldn't it? So you see this in, in bodybuilding more than anything, really. You see people having like six, seven meals a day and all got protein in and yada, yada, yada. Like what fits all, like your lifestyle is the decision on this. So if you have the opportunity to eat three times a day, eat three times a day. Divide your total protein goal by three and eat that in protein. Simple. Don't overcomplicate it. You don't need a set amount of meals per day. You don't, you don't need anything other than the food throughout the day that is your calories and protein. Don't stress about it. Is it optimal to have two meals or six meals? Yeah. Does it matter? No. All right, you might not spike muscle protein synthesis as much, but if you have a larger meal, so if you have two larger meals with 60 grams of protein in each, you're only going to spike muscle protein synthesis twice, but you're going to spike it to a greater degree, you're going to have that spike is going to last longer. It's going to take a lot longer for it to decline. Whereas you have a six, yeah, the spikes are going to be big, but more frequent. Mm. Is it going to make much of a difference as a general pop? I want to lose a little bit of weight, a little bit more turned. No, is it both? Doesn't matter. As long as your calories and protein are fine, you're cool. Don't stress about it. If you skip a meal, oh no, it doesn't matter. Think of Joey on Friends. He skips dinner once and his pants are looser. Oh. Sure. Um, artificial sweeteners are bad for you. No, they're not. Um, they're really not. Basically, every study that's been on artificial sweeteners thus far um, is being done on um, either mice or rats. Uh, they're usually the ones that are... Uh, like the individual sweeteners rather than like diet coke or um and not aspartame or aspartamine whatever it's called I don't even know how to pronounce it I say it differently every time um and then there was a study came out last year I think um and basically said that you've got a ten percent increase in cardiovascular events and heart disease and all those kind of vibes when you drink artificial sweeteners and when you look into the paper, one, uh, the the population they used, and it was a, a observational study, so it wasn't great research. Observational research research is basically here's a group of people, we're going to observe them, we're going to see what they they're going to give us a tick list of what they eat, they're going to give us a tick list of all the things that they consume on a regular basis, frequently, infrequently, etc. And same with their exercise. And the people that showed an increase in cardiovascular health um, issues, uh, like events, should we say, um, are the ones who also smoked, ate a lot of red meat, a lot of saturated fat, didn't exercise, drank quite a lot, and had 
uh, like more calories and took their health less seriously. They were the people that were more likely to have artificial sweeteners. And then they concluded that people that drink artificial sweeteners, because it's the artificial, sweet, artificial sweeteners that are the issue, that there's a 10% increase in cardiovascular health, uh, health risk. Which, one, doesn't make sense because they're not factored in all of the other health problems that they might have because of all of the other health like choices that they're making, which aren't very good, like the lack of exercise, which is directly correlated to heart disease and cardiovascular events. And they've also, <laughs> they've also like the actual risk of a, a cardiovascular event in healthy population is like 0.01. It's like one in 100, not 0.01. So if that's your health risk, you've times that by 10%. It's now 0.011. Like for a Diet Coke a day, I mean, that's fucking hell. That's not really an increase in risk, is it? And then there was another paper that came out this year, I think. We're in September now, so yeah, this year, uh, 2023. And basically, it was saying that aspartame is now a, it's on the carcinogenic list because it increases cancer risk. So aspartame increases cancer risk. If you have 16 to 30 cans per day, Dear, that study is also doing mice, and like what? It's been put on the carcinogenic list below using your mobile phone. So using your mobile phone is currently higher risk than drinking diet coke or drinking a, a Pepsi Max because Pepsi Max is literally so much better than any other diet soft drink, and it's. It's also one where people who tend to go for Diet Cokes are more fat conscious, so they're more fat loss conscious, or they might be wanting to lose a lot, a lot more fat or a bit more fat. And what happens is instead of going for a Coke, they might go for a Diet Coke. Instead of going for Pepsi, they'll go for a Pepsi Max. So you also have to weigh in the fact that is the increase in artificial sweeteners a bigger risk than one, the calories that are going to be in the normal beverage and to the sugars that are going to be in the normal beverage when you also factor in the fact that diet sodas decrease hunger levels so it keeps you fuller for longer so it could be that sweet hit that you need between meals and people like that carbon carbonated taste like i like i like spicy water i like to have that the bubbles like that's why i don't like guinness because one, I mean, one, it tastes like shit, and two, it's flat. Like, I don't like flat stuff. I'd rather have soda water over water because I like the fizz. It tickles. All right. People like that. It also makes them feel fuller for longer. So, yes, there may be a health risk with diet sodas. I'm not saying there isn't. I would like, I would likely say that the health risk comes from the gut microbiome rather than any other thing like a cardiovascular like type of event. I'd probably say that it would impact the gut more because if you have too many, you start fighting, don't you? So don't start like giving up diet drug cooks or Pepsi Max just because, oh, well, someone said it's going to cause cancer. Oh, no. It's not. Don't stress.
Um, yeah, and that's that's the myths I have for you. If you do have any other myths or anything like that, don't hesitate to message me and I can talk talk them through with you um, or something that you, you don't think is a myth and it might just actually be a thing that one of your friends is doing or whatnot like that. Um, as long as they're not joining Slim and Well, we're absolutely fine. And as long as they're not, like there's a group around my end that are making people not eat blueberries, which I find stupid strange, but it is what it is. Um, have a great week. Enjoy. And I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, guys.